listen to Two Married Lesbians discuss an LGBTQ plus book each month that highlights the queer human condition as they use connection and humor to relate the issues to us as a queer community. She's Anna. And she's Miranda. I am. And we're two married lesbians. We are. And we're all queer here. Well, all right. That was a great uh, intro song that just happened. Pretty great, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is episode two, technically the third episode if you count zero, which, you know, I do. I count zero. Zero, one, two, three, you know, just mm-hmm. like that. How, uh, how have you been? How have you enjoyed these uh, new books? Well, you know, the history of this is that I read the third volume very quickly mm-hmm. and then I pre-ordered the fourth one. Oh. Because, you know, I read the first two and then ordered the third. And so I pre-ordered the fourth one and it was supposed to get here in December, but then it didn't get here until January. And I waited and waited yes. to read it because I was like, I want to wait till I'm having like a bad day and then I'm just going to read it. It's going to make my day bright, you know. And then everything in Texas went great. Went well. Yeah, everything's perfect. So I've never no had a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> no reason to read No, I guess I just was thinking, I guess I just was thinking that... I just didn't want it to end because I had read that it was the final volume. Uh-huh. And so, but when I finished it, and I, yeah. I liked it, we'll get there. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll get there. It talks about that there's, that's going to continue in a volume five. And so I looked it up. I was very excited. Very Jumped excited. to my phone, looked it up. It's the much anticipated final volume. So now they're saying this is the final volume. Now it's the final volume. But it will not be published until February 2nd of 2023. So now it's the waiting game, which I dread. But yeah, so we'll, we'll get there. And then also the, the Netflix show. Netflix show coming up April 22nd. Of this year. Of this year. So something to look forward to while we wait. Yes, absolutely. Are we going to have like a watch party? I don't know. Maybe. We should. We all, should. All, both of us. Mm-hmm. I think sitting, that's also Earth Day. Watching. Sitting and watching. On Earth. On Earth. On Netflix. Mm-hmm. As a reminder, Publishers Weekly recommends this title for ages 12 and up. Kirkus Review mirrors that age range, but it is our belief that parents always have the final say on what is appropriate for their child. Oh, so I got a question. Um, some of our listeners might not know what's uh, Kirkus Review. Well, Publishers Weekly and Kirkus Review are professional review publications that a lot of either librarians use or teachers use or even parents use before buying something. And bookstores use it before they place um, certain certain items in that section or um, certain displays, things like that. Great guidelines. Great great guidelines, yeah. But again, I mean, there's something that might say, you know, 12 and up that we might let our almost 11-year-old read, just depending on his maturity level. That's, yeah. It really comes down, I think, to maturity level and, again, that kind of lived experience of what your your child is ready to read or whatnot. So. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you uh, kind of explaining that a little. Yeah, absolutely. It has been brought to my attention by... Um, one of our our most voracious listeners that we should have had a spoiler alert. Oh, mm-hmm. I I feel badly that we didn't before. I just didn't anticipate it 
being a bummer for somebody. So apologies. I think it would be hard though to talk about the book for a while without, without having spoilers. Read it. Yeah. I mean, there's always something we could talk about the author or other books or things like that. But yeah, yeah the the um the goal is that you've read it or read most of it, and then we or talk about what happens. Or you're just not worried about a spoiler. Oh, you're not worried about a spoiler. Or maybe you read it a long time ago and you mm-hmm. want to mm-hmm. you know, maybe relive the magic. Relive the magic because you lent them out and they haven't been returned because they just keep getting given to new and new friends. Well, um, I feel like maybe we just say, hey, blanket spoilers, mm-hmm. every book from now on. And also like a, a warning of like, we're going to miss things because there's just oh, two yeah. of us. And a lot of these books um, I will have already read as like a reread, which is a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say like, we'll, we will miss things in our discussion. And it's not a... Are you saying we're not perfect? We're not perfect. Oh. Yeah, it's hard. Harsh reality there. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, I knew I wasn't, but I really thought you were. Oh, no. No? No? No. No? But just to make sure that we, you know, we don't always, we don't want to purposely forget anything. And that's why we kind of take notes blindly and then I bring Hmm. stuff up. So I want to go ahead and jump into that. He talks in volume two about looking for um, bisexual, looking up bisexual, how that feels right. Mm -hmm. And then he comes back in volume three and really talks about how it's complicated, even though he's still starting to really solidify that that label for him works. And again, not everybody needs labels. Yeah. And then... um, I just loved when Charlie told his parents that he had a boyfriend and his dad was like, no hanky panky, he can't spend the night. And like in the sister, I just love the sister's character. I am obsessed with his sister. Yeah, his sister's super supportive and was like, please stop saying hanky panky. <laughs> I such, wrote that down too. It's just, I wrote that down too. It's just such an old fogey term. Mm-hmm. I love too that when Charlie says to his parents, like, I'm dating Nick. And they're like, well, Nick doesn't look gay. Like, they they have this reaction. And Charlie was like, whoa. You know, it kind of hammers down on that point again. It doesn't matter what you look like. That doesn't have anything to do with your sexual orientation. And then the parents kind of do a reset. he's not gay. He's bisexual. Right. Well, bisexuals don't look any different than gay people necessarily. Yeah. But the idea that he comes back, they come back like the next few pages and I'm like, oh, we shouldn't have, we're sorry. Like they did a total reset. Like just love love, his parents. I love that. Well, because we have some issues with his parents in the next volume. Well, yeah. But I just, I just. I loved him in that moment. I did. Yes. They're good in that moment. And Mm -hmm. parents have ups and downs. Like you're going to make a mistake one moment and then it's a lovable moment the next day. Absolutely. That's what Baronet is. Our son, you know, doesn't like it when we dance. We think it's cute and wonderful. But to be fair, you're not a good dancer. To be fair, I am not. But as with many things, I try very hard. I'm very earnest. You try harder than most. I try harder than most. I'm an earnest dancer. But I'm a good dancer. And he you still are cringes. a good he still dancer. Cringes. Okay, so that makes me feel better. Well, <laughs> be insulted. I just have to say. Be insulted. <laughs> I just have to say this whole volume was adorable i love the trip i also yes. love paris yes. so it was just like this whole Never thing been. they were at the louvre like all of these things mm-hmm. were going on you have all the couples you have um l and tao finally get together because they only want to explore this one thing well, why don't you two go and yeah they can't say no unless they like face that in front of everybody you know and this is just a perfect example of why this is a better story in the uk than it would be in the states could you where would they go <laughs> Oh, like if we were in Texas, where yeah, the, um, that you'd want to go to. 
Well, I'm driving mean, distance. Where would the school Oklahoma? trip be? Oklahoma. Okay. Get it. Probably Austin, Texas. Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma. Is that what you said? You said Oklahoma. And uh-huh. I said, okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Very subtle joke. I was oh, I was like, did so I say good. Oklahoma? Because that would be the funnier <laughs> joke. But you said, okay. Like, yep. That's how you write it on the letter. <laughs> it is indeed. But probably Austin. If they Austin, were in North yeah, Texas, I think they'd go to Austin. Austin. Yeah, there'd be a lot of good things to do down there. But we see... Nick's friends were apologizing for Harry's behavior. I know. I love that so much. And I also loved that you kind of, we also got a little more diversity too Mm -hmm. by bringing Nick's friends back around because I feel like, um, was it, I think it was Otis that we didn't really hear much from in the first, first couple volumes. So it was really good that they were like, dude, we screwed up. We fully admit that we're trying to do better. Absolutely. And then... Because nobody's perfect. I feel like Harry tries to redeem himself with mm-hmm. the whole hickey, or they call it a love bite. He sticks up for them at the Eiffel Tower. And I know, I, just, I loved that. I kind of liked the the bully had this redeeming moment. And to, to yeah. show the progression, because it's been months. People are not static. People are not static. People can change. Yeah. You can make a horrific mistake that you can do something that's awful. And when you pause and you take that moment of self you know, uh, introspection and go, okay, what am I doing that's problematic? And maybe examine why that's happening or is it a learned behavior? Is this something, you know, you grew up with? And then go, okay, I want to do better. I want to make changes. And I I loved that we got to kind of see that for him. Not that, oh, now we love Harry and he's great. But it was really touching. Are you are you playing footsies with me? <laughs> I am playing footsies Because you have a sock you. on. So. I have a socked footsie exchange <laughs> with your unsocked foot. I'm I'm into it. Okay, I just wanted to make sure before you thought you maybe you Did were you rubbing. Did you think someone else was here? No, I thought maybe you thought you were rubbing on like the, the table or something. I just wanted to ask. I'll, I'll do it back. Okay. So <laughs> just anticipate that. So before the trip, let's go back a little bit. Okay. Um, the coach. Remember we... Picked mm-hmm. up a little queer mm-hmm. vibe. It was great. Mm-hmm. If she was an ally, mm-hmm. we're not like hoping people are gay just to be gay. I just... It's really I, not our agenda. If you you are gay, we want you to be your authentic self. If you're straight, be straight. Just don't yeah. be a jerk about it. Yeah. Don't be a jerk to other people who are different from you regardless of, of how you identify. Absolutely. I agree. We but love it was, our straight allies. But I love that it was cute that, you know, she's making him captain. Mm-hmm. And then how she just... Just... Okay. So... Do you want to know where I was like, I know. Do you want to know where I was like, I Yeah, know. I want to know. Okay. The first little panel. And you see her nameplate on her desk. Okay. And it says, Mrs. Singh Dash. I oh, she, forget her last name. She has, she has a, a hyphenated, hyphenated last name, name. Which doesn't necessarily mean. But it was just further. It was just more peppering in. Hey. Further proving your here's, suspicions. Here's some hints that. We're going to tell you this character is is fam. And I was just like, yes, 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 yes. There she is. And then um, and then she's like, yeah, it was a lot rougher for, you know, my... People back then. Mm-hmm. In the 90s, I guess she said. So I was like, well, yeah, yeah, I can imagine. But she has a picture of them on her desk. And there's so I just cute. love that. And also the 
it's kind of subtle, but the the chaperone teachers, one is at the girls' school, one is at the boys' school. Yes. And I just love how, like, she's peppering all these gay teachers yeah, and Farouk people. Yeah, and Nathan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love it because it just goes to show you. Or wait, wait, just like, let me. I think it is Farouk talking. and Nathan. Well, I'm no, trying to his remember. Last name. Right, let me pull it up. Oh, here it is. No, Nathan and Yusuf. So, yeah, it just kind of shows that they're, that LGBT people are everywhere, even mm-hmm. with, and at the small, I consider it small, two school worlds that yeah. intersect a lot because, yeah. you know, at some point, you know, the girls can go to the year 12 Absolutely. Classes. So that, that idea that in those two bubbles, there are quite a few LGBT people. And mm-hmm. so people who are thinking, but there's not a lot of LGBT people where I am. There are. They, they might just, not just feel safe being out. They might not. They might not be ready. They might either. not be ready. Um, or they they might be. There are some people that just are like, I personally don't feel like it's anyone else's business. I'm out to myself and my close friends or my family, you know, whoever that that they whoever needs come out to know to. needs mm-hmm. to know basis. And then that's it. And you know, that's everybody's kind of got their own their own reasons for for those sorts of things. But okay. I want to talk about this. When you see Nick and Charlie's friend group, and when I say friend group, I mean primarily like Tao and Elle and, um, oh, uh, what's, not Tao, but the other friend of Charlie's. Uh, I keep blanking on his name. I keep wanting to. All red, all red. Thank you. I keep wanting to call him Adele. There's a lot of characters in this series. And hello, that is not Adele. It is, it is, okay. But yeah, and, and Darcy and Tara, yeah, that, that friend group. Um, but anyway, they're all gathered around a table and they're all just talking and they're kind of branching off and having their own little conversations and, and, um, side moments. And it's just so precious and pure and beautiful. And I love it so much because it's just like this little safe island in a sea of, you know, heteronormativity, um, potentially unsafe world. And it's it's just beautiful that all of them have found each other and whether they're allies or whether they're family, you know, they're all just, they become that chosen family for each other. And that's, that's awesome. I want to talk about Nick's brother for a minute. Okay, but can we, before we talk about that, can we talk about something that happens that we learn about before that? Mm-hmm. That Tao was actually the reason Charlie got outed. Well, not supposedly. Not on we, purpose, yeah. Because he, he was talking about it at school loudly. with someone else, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, that's something to be careful of. Like how you accidentally can out people by talking about it in mm-hmm. and you can't take it back. Non secluded places. Yeah, yeah, you can't take that back. No, you can't. Um and I, I think that's something that can be really difficult a difficult line to walk, especially in like a middle school or high school setting is if you know that someone you know is is queer but they aren't out how can you honor their decision on when to come out while still communicating you know within friend groups but just like I I think that was a really powerful lesson because you know when I was that age I mean a I didn't really know any gay people but um I know there were some that, like, people would gossip and say, oh, I think, you know, so-and-so is gay. And so, and 
you know, I was always like, oh, wow, I always thought that was really cool. I never thought about it from the perspective of, oh, that might be really hurtful hurtful for that person. Whether they are or they aren't, the fact that gossip is occurring about them and is out of their control is is hurtful, is harmful. Well, I bring up the David thing just because, you know, he, he didn't get a chance to come out to him mm-hmm. because David... He's off at college, right? He's or university. College, university, and he comes home. I guess he mm-hmm. saw pictures. They're like photo booth pictures where they're kissing. Yes, yeah. And so he was kind of, he didn't get that chance to have a conversation with him. And I wrote it down on page 94. Mm-hmm. Read this. But they talk about in books and films, there's just one big coming out scene. Mm-hmm. And then everything is fine. Ha ha. Real life isn't like that, I guess. And then he goes on later to say, coming out you eventually come out hundreds of times in, in your life. And I think that's so true, whether it's at a job or multiple jobs or... Mm-hmm. Every ex- time I mean somebody. Extended family. Yeah, it just... Well, now yeah, that you're married, you say wife, but it's tough. And sometimes you have to kind of gauge your level of comfort or safety in that mm-hmm. moment to to be vulnerable because you do you come out hundreds of times throughout your life. And for them at such a young age to kind of realize that... That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Because, yeah, in a movie... They don't go, oh, okay, and then they come out, and then they come out. And, like, I can picture it, right? Like, you know how they have um, montages in mm-hmm. movies? It's just a coming out montage of all the different ways and all the different people and all the different situations. I mean, you're, you know, sitting next to someone in class. You're standing next to somebody in line. Um, and, you know, older person showing you, oh, this is my nephew. Um, you know, are you single? no. I am gay. I don't want to date your nephew. Um, you know, all those kind of situations uh, that it's just constant. Mm-hmm. Um, and all types of social oh, situations. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've had multiple, <laughs> multiple times where I come out with my face in the bathroom because, like, I'm just walking into a public restroom and. A lady makes weird, exaggerated facial expressions and panics and looks to see if she came in the wrong bathroom. Is she in the right bathroom? And it's, I just wish all of those ladies could just maybe tone it down. Tone it down. Mm -hmm. And if you walked into the wrong bathroom, guess what? You won't die. Promise. Promise. You won't die. Well, she didn't see urinals. That would no, be mortifying. That was that, That's how you know. Walk in on someone like that. That's how you know. But see, no urinals, just stalls. You're fully clothed coming out of a stall. You're about to fully wash your clothed, hands. Just trying to wash my hands. Very controversial actions here. I, I know. I know. And I always, when I'm in the bathroom, I always just stare directly down at my hands. No matter what I'm, like, the moment I'm out of the stall. Stare at my hands. Uh, and um, stare at them while I'm drawing them, stare at them, and just leave. But it's, yeah, you just come out all the time. I didn't like that. Well, I don't like Nick's brother anyway. Yes. And we'll get to how he... We do not care for we him. We do not care for him. How he's like, oh, he wanted to meet the boy who turned my brother gay. Oh, gosh, so that made me offensive. angry. But mm-hmm. you, And then you have such the progressive mom of mm-hmm. them... He hasn't come out to his dad yet. He mm-hmm. kind of lingers on that for a while. Mm-hmm. 
comes out to him in, in volume four, which I want to talk about too, but. Oh, no, I thought we'd skip volume four. Okay, yeah. Just, just <laughs> we don't need it. I just love that scene, but just the fact that he kind of gets his comeuppance. Like he says, like, this isn't the man I raised you to be. Oh, The dad gosh. says that to Nick. Has forwarding, but yes, uh, so, yeah. I loved that I just want to say that because I, I don't want to give moment. too much credence to, to Nick, but I just think it comes back to, to bite him in the butt. And you mean I, David. So David. Yeah. Nick's brother, David, yeah. So here's another a like very sweet little moment that I loved and it was very understated but I loved that that was presented as an option too that it didn't have to be this huge thing um where Oled comes out to Charlie yeah saying that he's had a crush on his longtime like friend Daniel mm-hmm. and I was just like that is so sweet he's just like yeah doesn't have to be like a big thing. You just, you get closer and you just, you're just together. You just are with each other. And I, I was hope like, we see so more beautiful. of them in volume I want, five. Yeah, I want some like Daniel. That's, I know we have a lot of couples now and it starts I, to feel too coupley. I, yeah, but just let's up the, up the gay factor, mm-hmm. up the queer mm-hmm. factor. We started, so I, I'm looking back on it now that there's some foreshadowing here for the really hard stuff that happens in volume four. That was yes. a really hard thing to read after such fun in volume three. Yes. But it's it's peppering in more mm-hmm. and more heavily. We see some of the details of Charlie's bullying. Yes. How people said to his face that, that he, he was, was disgusting. That he was disgusting. Yeah, that was... That's not an easy thing to, to hear. That's not ever an okay thing to hear. Mm-mm. I, I... But if you said a gross joke, it's still hard to hear. Even if someone's like responding, that's disgusting. Don't say that. Like, well, we have a little yeah, boy. He well, says gross are... jokes. <laughs> we get he it. Does. But, but not about who you are. To... Right. We don't but... say that to him that you are. We're saying, no, like, that's oh, disgusting. that was yeah. disgusting. So I'm just trying to like see like, but it's... it's just, no one likes to hear that word anyway. No, but that should never directed be directed at who you mm-hmm. are. This should not be directed at a person mm-hmm. ever. Um, okay, so... Because we hadn't gotten many details before. And then we also learned that he used to cut himself sometimes as a way to cope with bullying. Yeah, that was, that was rough. But definitely, I mean, that's something that I think a lot of, well, a lot of people have dealt with a lot of mental health issues, um, you know, straight or queer, right? I mean, I know that I've dealt with, you know, quite a few over the years and... I think a lot of mine were exacerbated by being in the closet as long as I was and by trying so hard to just make myself straight. And um, as we said last time, turns out you can't. You can't just make yourself something you're not. Um, But I, I hope that if anybody reading that, hope that anybody listening to this, anybody out there that's, that's struggling with anything that feels too big to handle um, mental health wise that, that they reach out. There are a lot of, um, there are a lot of services out there. Reach out to your, your network of people, reach she, out to your friends, she your family. Lists resources at the end of volume four. I want to just, I mean, that's my goal to point that out. Yeah. You know, the Trevor project. The yes. National suicide hotline. Yes. All of those things. And I was going to say, I'm getting into it, but do you want to, do you have anything else on volume three? Um, I do. I loved that basically our takeaway was people are complex. I I feel like that was one of the biggest core concepts of Volume 3, both in that as we see Charlie and Nick 
you know, get together and on the surface you might be like, oh, well, this is great and they're together and it's wonderful. But then, you know, once you kind of get over that obstacle of, oh, now they're together, that doesn't mean everybody just lives happily ever after. There are still issues that need to be worked on and sometimes people have, you know, they go through a rough patch. And then even the the concept of, of Harry working on, you know, Himself. trying to become a better mm-hmm. person. Um, I thought that was definitely, definitely one of my, um, one of my favorite takeaways. Now, I will say this, uh, I, just on a lighter note, um, I really enjoyed, there was this specific line and I, I can't remember what Nick and Charlie were doing, but I believe they were, they were still in the hotel room and everybody else had gone somewhere else. And then Darcy comes back and she goes, she opens the door and they just kind of look at her and she's like, oh, you're being gay. Good job. Carry on. I just <laughs> runs off. And I love those that. Are those good little like one-liners. Because yes. she's so sassy. And she yes. gets, even though she ends up getting sick on a trip. Oh, boy. Don't well, drink on school trips. Don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. But here's an important question. And I, I want to know. And I think there are people out there that also want to know. And I would encourage them to ask their friends, are you a Darcy or are you a Tara? Because I think I'm a Darcy. You know, I it is kind of just a trend, I guess, that within any lesbian couple, if you yourself identify as a lesbian, you kind of, which one am I? And I don't know. I guess I'm a Tara. I think you're a Tara with Darcy tendencies. I was going to say, I, yeah, I definitely have you. Kinda, you have the sass. I have the sass. You do. But I would never drink when I'm not supposed to. Oh, I, I, I don't think I would either. No. No, I was, I was a big rule Even follower. Even in your younger years? No, I was a big rule follower. Yeah. I, uh, like in 1900, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> not. I'm not Drinking that my old. moonshine. Okay. I'm not that old. I know, but it's fun to joke at. It is fun. I think I've already said this, but the teacher chaperones flirting. Yes, they're so cute and together. And the, the mini comic at the end of volume four. Oh my gosh, it was the best. Like first. I know, it was so beautiful. I loved that moment. And then um, they work at the same school. And the end they of, end uh, up yeah. working at the same school. I end, um, oh, I'm trying to remember if this was, was it in the third or was it in the fourth where there, the two chaperones are standing next to the vending machines. That's the third one. Okay. Well, they're they're standing there, and I love that uh, awkward little exchange where um, it was uh, one of them was like, "Are you flirting with me?" And he was like, "Yeah." Like, what if I am? But they're showing a room. It's yeah. getting awkward. He's like, you can sleep yeah. in my bed. Yeah, just, ah! I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, Rosie. Well, thank goodness Darcy puked all over their bed. <laughs> they had to clean it up before they can noodle. But yeah, that was that was good. I, I don't I, think anything happened. It's a work trip. You shouldn't, yeah. you know. Yeah. No hanky panky. No hanky yeah. panky. I think she, Charlie's she's flirting say. the line here because even... Charlie and Nick kind of joke, well, I want to do it one day or something like that. Because yeah. they're like sleeping in the same bed or yeah. do it. Or, and they're like, what? Do it. Not kind of play on words. But I think that she's kind of towing the line here of like, mm-hmm. we can, we need, we're getting to the point where maybe we talk about sex. Yeah. But it hasn't been very but we're long. not going to. We're not yeah. going to have it. We're, we're not, not going to really see that. It's scary at it's that age. It's scary at that age. And I think. Well, but let's be honest. It's kind of scary at any age. With like, a new person. It, with a new person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. But I think it's just kind of interesting that people naturally go to that and think about that. Yeah, I I agree. Because they're on an, over, an overnight trip. And um, we didn't go that far to mention this when you were talking about peppering in some of the more serious things with Charlie, but where he passed out at the Louvre. Yeah, and, and we see Nick kind of start to investigate at the end, he's looking up eating disorders and Charlie is looking up how to tell someone you love them. That you them. love them. Oh boy, they're in some different places. Yeah. But but despite the fact that they're in different places, they're both coming from a place of love. Absolutely. Both coming from that place of concern and just wanting to be there. Um, and that whole concept and the um, conversation that Nick ends up having with his mother is one of my all-time favorite moments in the entire book series. And why is Nick's mother not everybody's mother for the advice that she gives mm-hmm. him? You can't it, put it all on a 16-year-old. And yeah. one of the things, too, is it talks about in Volume 4 is they they start to kind of be in this bubble where they talk about all the serious issues just together. Yeah. Even though they go out with friends and they have friends, but yeah. they still very much are each other's person. Just come together person. to talk. Right. Yeah. And they talk about how you need family, you need friends, you mm-hmm. need teachers, you need mm-hmm. teammates, all of these things. Yeah. It can't just be, it's bigger than us. Yes. We have to reach out for help, therapists, things like that. Correct. And I love that because so often in a new relationship, because there's still several months in, new yeah. relationships, you kind of become all about that person. Yeah. And, and you, you make you them stop your, doing things with other friends. But you make them your world. Mm-hmm. Even if you do hang out with friends, mm-hmm. maybe you leave early, you're always together, you're yeah. always with them at that event. Yeah. And to just have it stated, because again, this is 12 and up. So this yeah. idea of whoever's reading it and thinking like, I can't just make that person my person all the time. Like even us as married people. Yes. We have other people in our lives. I have so many other people in my <laughs> life. I mean, you're just one. Ugh, well, you're my number one. Aww. So, and I would hope I'm also that number in yours, but. Um, I'll have to, I can bump you up. I can bump you up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And we'll look, I mean, top five for sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're my number one. I'm just saying, oh yeah, I better be. But that idea of, <laughs> We can't fix each other's problems no. all the time. You cannot fix each other, period. Well, period, yeah. You can support people. You can you can give them resources. You can, um, you know, show them that, that you're there for them and encourage them. And then let them, you know, take those steps. Let them reach out to their support network. To, in this case, doctors. But that conversation between Nick and his mom... Aside from them being extremely fictional, because it's it's a graphic novel, so yes. they're not even abstractly real, but uh, how do we get her to adopt me at this point? Because I would want her as my mom. I, I agree. I, thought, I would move I, to England. I, I think about that's that a so far. Oh, yeah, you want she, some crumpets? She, yeah, a little bit. But that comes up too. Sorry, I just thought of it right now when um, Darcy talks about... She wants Tara's family to adopt Oh, her. gosh, yeah. And then Tara's like, but then we would be sisters. And, and no, literally nobody, nobody wants, wants that. that. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to show you real quick the balconies that they keep sketching in the Paris, in the hotel rooms. Reminds me so much of that um, Coco Chanel commercial where that guy's like, Coco, 
with uh, Kira Knightley. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I love Kira Knightley. I very much know what you're talking about. Mom. All I could think of, every time I see those balconies, I was like, yeah, Coco? Like, in my and head. she's, like, running repeat. off yes. down the street. Just, I don't know what she's doing. She's running off. It's like a, the just, party's over. She's moving. She's getting coffee. She's, she's gone. Getting, like, who she's cares? She's gone. She's going to leave. She <laughs> leaves a busy life. She does leave a busy life. <laughs> le- she leaves it, too. She leaves that busy life <laughs> to go lead another one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. But I liked, you know, we talk. Um, oh, oh, but we forgot. Hmm. We forgot to mention the Ellen Tao mini, mini comic. At the end of the volume three. Yes. Oh, I loved that one. That was so cute to see, like, their friendship. And Tal's like, I'm there for you, you know, for your first day. Because that would be, I feel like that would be scary. Like, a whole new school during all these these big changes in your life that are very exciting. But it's also nerve-wracking. Because you're like, what if I don't fit in? What if I don't make friends? I was realizing, now that you point that out, when I was reading that how why Tao and, and Elle were both so nervous about saying they liked each other because he knew her before she transitioned mm-hmm. and so I think obviously that's a good friendship you know yeah. they support you all those great things but I think it's still hard to be around people who knew you before when your you know your true identity is now finally being actualized yeah so I think that that's probably part of his concern was she'll only think I like her now or oh, maybe she okay. thinks I liked her better then and yeah the then and before before and now kind of thing yeah and then her thinking maybe she's she's not enough yet or she doesn't like that he knew her before that kind of thing. I was yeah, thinking it's just that like there's probably yeah. some extra subtext attached mm-hmm. to everything because it is it is hard I think I would imagine for someone to to know you and then and then transition and like you finally feel like you're who you are yeah and then to want to date them and just be like yeah you've been supportive this whole time but are they going to compare me mm. that would be my concern like if you were l yeah if you were in her like, position like are yeah. you going to compare me to who i was before because that person is still the same person yes they're just their body's different and some of the things they do might be different some of their mannerisms might change yeah but again, I think it's a it's always hard dating as a young person anyway. So to have that complexity, yeah. So that's I was having that realization when I when I um, read that comic, and I thought that's that's when I ended up writing it down. But now that you're bringing it up, yeah, like that. That's why they were so hesitant, I think, to come together because they were worried about. Yeah, I can definitely preconceived see that. notions that the other one had. Yeah, like worried what what is you know what's she gonna think of me? What's mm-hmm. he's gonna think? When really, just talk know, about just it. Back and just forth. talk just, about it. I think it was more on Tao's side than Al's side. I know. I do. I think, think Al was Tao. like, "I'm waiting for you to make a move. I'm waiting for you to make a move. I wait." And she finally had but to just make so a move. He was so adamant, and he was mad in the hotel room. at Charlie's like, "She doesn't like me. She does not." I think that sense of like, I've known her. I've been. Her friend. I've been her I friend just, through this. I don't think she could see me otherwise. Mm-hmm. And then if I risk that, mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I might lose her. And it's yeah. better to have her as a friend than not have her at all. Yeah. That. that. Yeah, I could see that. I. I uh, definitely. Tao is a very, uh, <laughs> a very stubborn person. Mm-hmm. So, but that it. Uh, it's really interesting to kind of see more and more of the personalities of these kind of side characters as they're getting more and more fleshed out and uh it's really interesting to kind of see how they all interplay with each other with their their different different personalities absolutely 
So I want to talk about gender stereotypes once we dive into the eating, Charlie's eating disorder, because he searches for that. And then he, he mentions that later that that's not just for girls. And when, mm-hmm. when Nick is talking to him about it, <clears throat> I think that's so important because, you know, gender ugh, is a construct <laughs> and we just, I think you should end your sentence earlier. Gender. <laughs> <sighs> right. Gender. Yeah. Uh. Gender is a construct. Yes. And it sometimes feels like we arbitrarily attached certain things to certain genders. Or yes. just the two. Because, you know, there's only ever two, right? Mm. No. Uh, there's all in between. Yes. So that kind of idea of... We know this. Girls do this, boys do that. Girls do this, boys do that. And that's really frustrating. And girls can do this, but only if boys have done that. And only if they're really good and they can prove themselves. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a bunch of fallacy nonsense. Yeah, so... It's, it's a construct meant to hold certain people back. So <laughs> other certain people... Can just do what they want. But I appreciated, I, I did appreciate that they addressed that and then mm-hmm. that it's part of his anxiety and what he uses and mm-hmm. how it came about from the bullying. Yeah. And something that I really, really loved that was recognized, not that it happened, but that it was recognized as mm-hmm. a trauma was his therapist said, you know, the bullying, the being forced to come out, the thing with Ben, that was a trauma. Yes. And I think for him, he was like, what? And that's what he called it. And it's like, no, that, that, those were traumas. They yes. affect you. And the outcome of those traumas was the eating disorder, the anxiety. OCD. OCD. And mm-hmm. those, those things. And so when people are outed at school and, you know, well, they'll just get over it. They'll talk about someone in the next couple of days. Yeah. Or all the other things that happen. I mean, yeah. those, those things are are huge and they are traumas and having a bad week you know at one point in your life can really affect the future very much still Mm -hmm. and then and i love too that they um spoke to how just because you do all this work and you create better coping mechanisms that are healthier to help you work through traumas when they they kind of creep back up um, and just because all of this is going well and then you kind of backslide and you have, you know, a really rough time or you have something else pop up or additional stress, what have you, like when Charlie has his, his bad day where he cuts again, um, just because it happens, it doesn't mean you failed. It just means it's a trauma and you just have to keep working. And that's why that support system is so important because they're there for you. Even if stuff is really difficult and really tough, they're there for you. And, and they understand. Wasn't that section called Journey? I thought that was so I well titled. I think so. Yeah, that so sounds well right. So well titled. Well titled. Her, her titles are, are um, very simple. Mm-hmm. But, uh, effective. Very effective. Before we get too much into the... Well, there's a lot of bad stuff in this episode, in this volume. Um, but... I wouldn't say bad stuff. I'd not say so, hard, hard stuff. Hard stuff, yeah. So, yeah, sorry, not to judge. But um, Tara mentions, not Tara, Elle mentions that um, she hasn't seen her grandparents in Egypt since mm. oh, gosh, she was yeah. little because it's really dangerous to be transgender and to travel there. And that was mm-hmm. something that I hadn't thought about in a while because we haven't traveled a lot. <laughs> there been a little something going on mm-hmm. that has prevented many people from traveling. Yeah, just not... 
just a little thing. Just a little thing. Just I mean, it's just really um, just located very close mm-hmm. to home, not nationally or globally. But it's it is very dangerous if people find out that you're transgender when traveling in certain areas. And I know I took a short trip over Thanksgiving break mm-hmm. last last year, 2021, with my sister, mm-hmm. who's super LGBT affirming. Mm-hmm. And we went to Your Del- sister's pretty awesome. She's pretty awesome. We went to Dublin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And I had just thought, well, yeah, small town, there's going to be like a couple of cute greasy spoons. Yeah. You know, we're going to go to this winery, all this great stuff. And so I really had no qualms about it. Yeah. You're like, yes, sounds great. We get there and we start seeing like Confederate flags on trucks. Oh, yeah. Boy. And it just starts. Not a fun. I don't even feel comfortable going. And I, and now this is me with my queer haircut. I don't really. So... Did you have the queer haircut then? I did. Oh, okay. So I yeah, didn't, that's right. I didn't feel comfortable even going into the grocery store because we looked like out of towners. Like we yes. looked like we from the Dallas area. <laughs> like yes. we just yes. look. Your, your sister has a, a, a heavy sheen of liberalism on her. Yes. And at she's, all times. Yes. But she's a lot more feminine. So. Yes. Anyway, so we're going through and I'm just like, yeah, they have my, they have my gluten-free crackers, but also like, how quickly can I get out of here? <laughs> so that way we don't have to leave again. And like that evening we go in to their like main diner, mm-hmm. which does like all three meals mm-hmm. and it was just very Southern and I just, it's kind of cringeworthy and I had to kind of let that go. I remember you telling me about all the signs on the wall. Oh, it was in like... In the diner. In the diner. One of them, like, we don't call the cops here. And they had, like, a picture of a gun. There yeah, because they handled mul- themselves. You yeah, have to were, kind of put two and two together. Yeah, there were multiple pictures of guns mm-hmm. in the pictures you sent me. Yeah. Like, at the eating establishment. Yeah. Which, you know, if... I, I don't feel like guns should come up much in in restaurants. Right. Maybe not at all. But I... I just kind of felt stupid and I was judging myself for thinking like, did you think you'd be safe in a small town? So, so we, we ended up, I I don't think you should feel stupid for that though. But I, we ended up leaving early and I thought about this every so often because my sister still judges herself and she doesn't need to. She felt really bad. We left after, we left the second day after the winery. Did she decorate the cafe? <laughs> no. Oh, we okay. Left I don't after, think it's her fault. We left like that evening after the winery. So, because obviously we had wine, so we weren't drunk. I just want to clarify that. But we left later that night, and she was. I was like, well, I, you know, I miss, I miss Miranda, and I miss being home. And then later we're driving, and because this is a late drive, because I got because mm-hmm. I went to her place mm-hmm. further north, and then I had to drive here. And she was. She kept asking, like, was it just that you missed her? Because you know we're still newlyweds. And I thought, I kept thinking to myself, and it hit me the other day, like, it wasn't that I missed, just missed you, sorry. Mm -hmm. Fair. Fair, fair. yeah. But you're a very missable person. I'm so missable. I think it was that, as a gay person, feeling very uncomfortable in a very conservative town, small town, Mm -hmm. where everything was just overly awful. And maybe you didn't know where safe places were. Yeah, so I wanted to come home. To my safe place, mm-hmm. where you just happen to be. Oh, so, <laughs> so I think I yeah. find I'm more missable when I hang right. out here. So obviously, like my life wasn't in danger. It wasn't mm-hmm. anything like traveling abroad as a mm-hmm. transgender person. But I just, you know, when I read that, I was thinking back to that trip and why I needed to leave so badly. Yeah. Like it got to a point because she even suggested. I was like, no. 
we're here for like two and a half more days. And then I started to think about it. And I was like, she's giving you an out. Yeah. You take it. You say yeah. what you need. Yeah. The, the Airbnb was cheap. We weren't mm-hmm. losing, you know, we weren't losing anything over that much. And so I just thought, I just want to be home and it'll be fine. And so now we'll do more research because mm-hmm. at some point I would like to travel again and, and find more affirming places. Yes. Because yeah. it, it can creep up on you. And like, what do you do? What if I couldn't live? What if there was, I mean, there wouldn't be a conference in that small of a town. But <laughs> what if we're, we're staying, you know, what if we couldn't leave? We had an event the next day. Then you just deal with it. Yeah. Or you go and you stay in another town if you have that resource available. But I don't want to, I digress. Yeah. Or you hide in the, the room the whole day. Yeah. I don't know. You do, you do what you have to yeah. do. But for that, like to have been so recent, it really mm-hmm. made me kind of think about that when I read that about Elle. How about Nick's rugby friends start to be supportive? When Charlie's oh, in the hospital. That. And I love, too, that they were... I loved when one of them was like, you shouldn't have called them mates. Like, they were giving each other a hard time. Like, you ruined yeah. it. You shouldn't have said that. Now I'll never tell us. Like, when before mm-hmm. he told them. And then when, you know, they know and they're trying their best to be, you know, good friends and, and actually become allies... Uh, it was just, it was so sweet. Because they're know? trying. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think at first Harry was definitely not trying. And now mm-hmm. I think he's seen the error of his ways. Because that's really the last we see of him. Well, and don't, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, which you usually do. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that's what I, it's, what, it's why I married you. No. I'm like, I need to know when I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So marry me. And it worked. Um, but didn't Harry say, like in his big, like knock on the door, I want to tell you. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I'm sorry, but he was like, I, you know, I was raised this way and I looked at it and it's not good. And I was like, good for him that he's realizing it. But I, more so than that, I absolutely not to jump back to volume three, but to jump back to volume three. I loved that Charlie was like, no, you're making this about you and how you feel and that you're guilty. You're feeling guilty. I don't have to listen to you say that. You, I don't owe you that. You made the choice to be a terrible person. And then you have to live with the repercussions. Good for you that you're trying to do better. But I, I don't owe you anything. And Link slammed the door in his face. And everyone's like, ah, yay. Like Kermit the Frog, arms in the air business. Um, I just, I really loved that. Because there is kind of this weird social contract, which is also a fallacy, that if, you know, you harm someone... That they 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 owe it to you to listen to you apologize and that they should forgive you. Like we tell kids all the time, oh, for you know, she said she's sorry, go forgive him, you know, or whatever. Or that it takes some time sometimes before you're ready to Absolutely. accept an apology. It's not Absolutely. instantaneous. Yeah. You can't be like, oh, suddenly not mad, bye. Because <laughs> then it probably wasn't that important. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, oh, we missed the most important thing what? of everything that we've talked about. Do you know what it is? That Nick gets a pug called Henry. Nick gets a pug called Henry. I mean, it looks very much like a pug. It's got the dark face and... It's, it's a pug, babe. It's a pug. Call it's a pug so a pug. cute. So cute. It's so cute. And what many people might not know about us is we have pugs. We have three. It's called a grumble. Mm-hmm. They're sassy. So. Well, one in particular. Well, no, all they're of all them sassy, are. Yeah. They're all sassy in their own ways. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a cute pug name, Jinx. Oh yeah, it would be. But yeah. you know how you said people don't owe it to people to listen to their forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Another wise 
moment from Nick's mom, which we should at this point just like be writing them down. We need we need <laughs> Nick's mom's. We stand Nick's mom T-shirts. Yeah. Just wear them. Like just, do like a button on your backpack. Yes, we stand Nick's mom. <laughs> So she tells Nick that he doesn't owe it to his dad to come out to him. Yes. He's not super involved yes. in his life. I couldn't believe he was like, I'm too busy on his birthday. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ugh. Oh. Do you want to know my favorite part of that whole situation? I bet it was also like your favorite part too. What? When Charlie's sister straight up kicks, kicks the, the phone out of David's hand. Like just punts that bad boy mm-hmm. oh it was so great it was like she like not mama bear but mom like sister bear i don't that's not really a phrase but she protective older sister yeah she went after him she was like you are not doing that to and i think at that point it was it was as much about charlie as it was about nick you know she she's gotten really close with nick too mm-hmm. um so whoo that was the most Texan thing I've ever said. Ooh-wee. Yeah. Yeah, that was rough. Let's go back to, to the coming out, though. Okay. For when David keeps hinting at it and going, Oh, gonna, at dinner. He's going to out him. Oh, And I boy. actually had a similar thing happen when I grew up. Yeah. Really? When I grew up. When I was up. I don't know. When I was growing. So, <laughs> when you were up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when up, you weren't yeah. down When asleep. I came out in college and I okay. came out to my mom. Yeah. And she had a great response. And then the next day she was like quoting the Bible at me. So it was really hard. But she oh. went ahead and told my sister Oh, boy. So I never got to have that uh, that coming out with my sister to be like, hey, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how I'd word it, but this is what's going on and this is how I felt. And it would have been different than the way yeah. your mom said it. So instead of that, it not coming from me. And then also the fact that I told my mom first, my sister had a very visceral reaction of, why didn't you tell me? You kept yeah. this from me. And it was very, it almost felt like a betrayal. And so I've always kind of like, you know, just felt that we missed out on that initial conversation but when I mean, we were really good now and things yeah. things do get better i feel like when we talk about our negative stories we're like it does get better things do get better it just um, uh, and a lot of it's time a lot of it is pr- and processing time mm-hmm. that's the thing but when he when he just shouts it at the table and, he, and he's on page 329 i don't care what he just says he doesn't care what his dad thinks because he doesn't see them more mm-hmm. than once a year and then they also tell off David, which was my favorite part, too. Yes. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, good for you. Like, yeah, it wasn't the, the calm conversation you'd probably imagined. Right. Few conversations actually go the way we plan them in our head. None of my coming out conversations ever went the way they did in my head. Ever. Ever. Not once. It's just how it is. Yeah. Because you, you can't control that other person, you know? Very true. And then... On my list again was to mention that there's mental health resources at the end. Absolutely. And uh, I I definitely think it's always good to check those out. Because I think therapy is for everybody. I mean, it's it's like getting to have someone that's just there for you. They're on your side. They're on your side. They're just literally there to listen. And then just kind of pull out those little things that maybe we miss about ourselves and be like, hey, let's examine this. And then support you examining it. Like, who doesn't want that? Yeah, I, I love that they're biased in your favor. That always makes yes. me feel good. Absolutely. Um, okay, so pop quiz. Well, I feel like it's a pop quiz because you missed the the comic. I read. On, on the previous one. Okay, did you see Tao's 
uh, three wheeling posts at the end. Yes. Aren't weren't those cute? I loved them. And then the one with the teachers, the, the first. Oh, yes, I did. I loved that one, too. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Again, I'm, I'm just glad it's going on to another volume. Yes. I was under the impression that the fourth one. I was also under that impression because a librarian told me that. I had read that. So it's not, <laughs> you got to check your sources, I guess. I don't, I don't remember where I saw I swear I read it on Amazon, but, or maybe before it was released, they had it planned to be one and then they wrote more. Who, who knows? <laughs> but what do you think we'll see in, in chapter, in volume, in volume five, five? Volume five. What's the next phase for these, these um, characters? I don't know. I mean, I I could definitely say maybe we start to see Nick and Charlie think about that that next step in that future of well, Nick's gonna go off to university, mm-hmm. you know, and Charlie's still gonna be in grade school. I don't know grade what it's 11, called grade there, 11. but he'll be in you know twelve, and then Nick will be at at university. And I mean, that's a that's a difficult thing for any relationship. And hopefully we continue to see Charlie's mental health uh, Improve. journey. Improve, Im- yeah. You know, that it improves and he keeps working on it. Because that is that is a lifelong journey. That's not something that you're like, I got through it, I'm done. Like, it's, it's your life. And you just keep working at it. Just like you can't be like, well, I stopped eating sugar for six months and now I'm good. Yeah, you can't do that. Now I'm fine and I can eat all the sugar I want because I stopped for six months. Like you just, you have to, it's just like you go to the doctor for a checkup, you know, go to therapy, chat, talk about it. Especially during like COVID times, there's all sorts of um, issues that kind of boiled up to a head that many of us maybe were stamping down for a long time. So, you know. Never a bad time for therapy, I think. Never a bad time. Well, until then, we will be watching the Netflix series. And yes, see very what, excited. Yes. April 22nd. April 22nd. We'll be watching it. <sighs> now, I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So, last time, we very nonchalantly were like, five stars. How do we feel about stars? We do shooting stars? She's or rainbows. rainbows. Let's yes. do rainbows. So, okay. what do you give this? I feel... Feel like five rainbows. Five rainbows. Mm-hmm. I I'll agree with five rainbows. Five emoji rainbows, just mm-hmm. like the little cute ones. Um, that sounds good to me. That sounds good to me. Good. All right. So until I guess February, we'll put off looking at the the fifth volume. Yeah, I yeah. Um, we're, we can't really can't do anything about that. Mm-mm. But our next book for. May will be Felix Ever After by Casey Callender. Oh, I'm excited. I haven't read that one yet. I've so, heard about it. It's really great. It's been on my list. Yeah. I'm on my second read of it. It's pretty great. Okay. I hope you guys love it as much as I do. I will find out. Yeah, you'll find out. <laughs> Alrighty. So um, until then, we're all queer here. Absolutely. <laughs>